<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Things are going to start happening to me now. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, June 13, 2023. Arraignment Day. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 874 of the Biden-Harris administration. 511 days into the 24th presidential election. You can find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska. That's my handle. That's where you can find me. Also, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. Spoutable, Bob Seska. What else is there? TikTok, Bob Seska. Patreon page is bobseskashow.com. As we said last week, Buzz Burbank is not here today. He is uh, traveling. He is doing fun things. So guess who's here? Yeah. There he is. You know, I was uh, going to open with some jokes like Buzz, but um, I believe that's kind of his thing. And unlike the former president, Buzz has lawyers. <laughs> so you're afraid Buzz is going to sue you for stepping on his monologue. <laughs> that's right. I, I don't think he would do that. But yeah, it's it's always fun to watch you boys competing on monologue jokes. On <laughs> yeah, that's we don't we don't need that. <laughs> okay. So how are you, my friend? How's it going? Are you? Uh, I'm good. Are you excited from all of the indictment and arraignment news? I just can't hide it. Well, you know, what we usually do with uh, Buzz is once he's done with his monologue, we play one of your songs. So let's do this. Here we go. You can play your games and you can try to outsmart all the feds who are coming for you. Tell me, how can you stand there next to your big golf cart Trying to squirrel away a secret or two One thing we've seen from this mother He likes to keep his documents squeaky clean (laughs) Well, his father didn't bother with his sister and brother So he kept them there in the latrine and we know the showers where secrets were stuffed by Trump. Shove them there next to the sink. Things are gonna go much worse now. Secrets in the john. No, that wasn't photoshopped. Showers where secrets were stuffed by Trump. We can't believe this is real. Things are gonna work out better when he goes to jail. 
The showers were secrets were stuffed by Trump. Lock him up now. Lock him, throw away the key. No parole now. The showers were secrets were stuffed by Trump. Go to jail. The showers were secrets were stuffed by Trump. Yeah. The showers were secrets were stuffed by Trump. Show him the way to succeed. The showers were secrets were stuffed by Trump. Lock him up now. Lock him through. <laughs> this is one of my all-time favorites, Mike. Oh Thank my you. God! One hundred. Th- hey, thanks yeah. for playing the a extended long uh, ribbed for your protection version, or <laughs> uh, whatever. A rib for your pleasure. Um, you know, it's funny because it's the title is the shower apostrophe s mm-hmm. where se- where secrets were stuffed by trump so like the shower is where the secrets are yeah. st- stuffed right that was the idea yeah yeah and i had two different people on youtube say, it's not apostrophe s it's a plural and doing apostrophes for how stupid oh are you my god you know? please it's like, well no it's the shower is where you know and it's like no don't bother you know? yeah well two, a couple things on those people first of all uh they're idiots second of all stop reading the comments on youtube <laughs> that's got to yeah. be the across the board well, policy for everybody you got to see how, to what degree the troll farms are cranked up yeah, exactly. Because they start coming in about the Presidential Records Act and stuff like this. <laughs> like, well, anyway, you, you hit a great topic with this particular song because that was one of the many shocking revelations in the indictment against Donald Trump for— Yeah, I think, uh, I think the secret documents were hidden in the showers by Colonel Mustard with the plunger. There you go. Uh, yeah, everything from the most egregious aspects of the indictment down to these pictures. And by the way, along those lines, we did cover a lot of this with Kimberly on the Friday after party. But since that's behind the Patreon paywall, we're going to cover a lot of this again. So those of you who are subscribers on the Patreon page, you got kind of a preview of what we're going to be discussing today in a sense. Plus, there's new information that's come along since then. But regarding those the shower, the bathroom at Mar-a-Lago. Um, that was one of those things where you're scratching your head going, okay, this is fascinating. He's sticking top secret documents, potentially with nuclear secrets and things like that, in in his gaudy, awful bathroom that happened to have a chandelier hanging from the ceiling, which Trump thinks that that's classy. Trump yeah. thinks that a chandelier in the bathroom screams out high class. <laughs> and that says everything you the, need to uh, know about Donald he, Trump. He has the decorating sense of a Jethro Boldeen. Absolutely true. <laughs> and so you had those boxes. And one of the things I noticed, and this speaks to the security of that information, is that there are those two little teeny tiny windows at the top of the one wall, uh, be somewhere between the actual main part of the, the bathroom and into the shower where there were more documents. And one of those windows is cracked open a little bit. Just happen to notice these sorts of things when you're considering the kinds of information that Donald Trump was and, and Walt Nauta were scrambling around with. And that was the yeah. other thing that was shocking about that indictment, Mike. It's almost like a Three's Company episode where they're trying to stay one step ahead of Mr. Furley or something like that with the documents, moving them all around and trying to trick (laughs) Trump's lawyers and their, by extension, 
the FBI in terms of where these documents it, are being held. You know, held. It, it just strikes me as like a faulty towers kind of thing, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean— but You know, they, you talk about the, um, the, the bathroom and everything. I, I saw what he said the other day, which was like, well, they were all out there in front of the White House on the sidewalk. They were just out there. You know, they didn't have a problem with that. I'm like, well, yeah, it's the White House. It's <laughs> exactly it's the White House where normal people aren't wandering around. You know, it's it, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mar-a-Lago is a completely different situation with security, and obviously, we've read lots of stories over the last few years about spies making their way into Mar-a-Lago. And that's been an ongoing thing. And there we see documents laying around. There was uh, the one photo of the boxes on the stage in that banquet hall. I think a lot of us who've been following this story understood how exposed these documents were. I think even the New York Times put together like a little CG map where you could, it was like the layout of Mar-a-Lago and where the documents were being held in that uh, storage oh, room man. and this is, how easy you know it what? is to get I just it. thought we got I got to do this bit. Got to do a house hunters <laughs> where every room has got these boxes in it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that would be so great. Now you have to do it. I have to hear that bit. Um but yeah, that's just the thing. Any random person could wander in from the pool area and stumble into this whole trove of of boxes. And going to Donald Trump's excuses about the White House and how the boxes were sitting out as they were being loaded into the truck and so on, these are all excuses that are intended for fundraising. That's the point of all of that, because none of what he's saying publicly is usable in court. None of it applies to any sort of legitimate criminal defense. It's all posturing to make sure that the Red Hats continuously empty their checking accounts and hand it over to Donald Trump so he can afford to uh, pay whichever lawyers he's going to get. Maybe kind of a sick joke, too, to just see how much of it that Jim Jordan and Marjorie Taylor Greene will repeat, you know, just just yeah. they'll just repeat whatever he says, you know. Yeah. And about that, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I'm glad you mentioned that, Mike, because I noticed that the House Intelligence Republicans account, which I think is run by Jim Jordan, one of their first reaction, one of the first reactions from that Twitter account was, Witch hunt in all caps with an exclamation mark and predictable. I mean, we've seen that lots of times, but that's just it. These are strangely impressionable people who are doing like this weird sort of hero worship imitation of Donald Trump. You expect it like from a six year old who watches a Superman cartoon and then puts on a cape and wants to jump off his roof to see if right. he can it's fly. It's like when the Beatles came out, all the other bands had to sound like the Beatles. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And once again, it's something that you would expect from children or even younger people being enthused and inspired by something. The- well, I mean, there are so many politicians you could point at that are so new on the scene that are just basically, uh, yeah, do that. Because that yeah. works. I'll do that. And and that's all they have. That's all they've ever had. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Donald Trump is scheduled to be arraigned today at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Those of you people of the future will know what went down uh, during the arraignment, whether he actually was arraigned, because he can't find a lawyer. That's what's yeah. hilarious to me. And the contrast, Mike, of watching him land in his janky Trump jet, his secondhand airplane, 
And then getting into this long uh, motorcade, which, by the way, Jake Tapper referred to as a presidential motorcade. <laughs> Goddamn CNN. CN fucking N. But with all of that said, with between the airplane and the motorcade and all the rest of it, all the trappings of being Donald Trump, he just can't find a lawyer, can he? <laughs> So, no, I mean, the yeah. word's out, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one guy who desperately needs a lawyer, he just can't find one. And we all know why exactly that is. I mean, I, he, I, I had thrown out, you know, Saul Goodman and everybody came back with responses like frozen caveman lawyer. <laughs> and I mean, and well, of course, Perry Mason and Matt, uh, Matlock is the one that all his fans are because they all they, all the Trump supporters think Matlock is still alive. Uh, <laughs> I, I was also thinking, uh, why couldn't he just get uh, Rudy to file a petition to represent him in uh, the Southern District of Florida? It's despicable. Uh, and yeah. I, that would be too great a thing for us <laughs> because I can't even imagine how entertaining that would be Rudy Giuliani representing Donald Trump in his first federal indictment case. Is that too much to ask, universe? <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, and that's speaking of the universe. We talked about this again uh, on the Friday after party. But uh, Thursday's episode went up at 623 p.m. Eastern time. And the first indictment news came down a little after 7 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> <laughs> Always happens. You know, but, think of it this way, Bob. If you yeah. if you didn't do a show, nothing would ever happen. <laughs> I know. I don't know exactly how to take the fact that I talk for a living, but ironically, the universe does things like this when I stop talking. As soon as I shut the fuck up, that's when things start going down. So Okay. So, yes. So, maybe the universe is trying to tell you something, Bob. <laughs> yes. Shut up. <laughs> Stop talking, a-hole. Maybe that's it. The universe has no problem with Buzz's <laughs> jokes. Okay? Just no. So, we're clear. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so far, Buzz's jokes have not triggered any news events, uh, which is good. Um, but... I was amazed when the news came down, almost everything I saw in my mentions in reacting to the indictment news on Thursday were people saying that I had something to do with the indictments coming down because I finished my show and then it happened. And so I've got yeah. this magic superpower, the ability to indict Donald Trump just when I stop talking, when I stop doing yeah, my you, show. You have to stop talking, and Stephanie Miller has to go on vacation. Those two have to, you know, That's if right. we get those two together, we're curing cancer. Yeah, and to be clear, <laughs> if I start my show later in the day, it doesn't matter. You can't deceive, yeah. you can't trick <laughs> the universe. Because if I had started the show, the Thursday show, later in the day, well, then the indictment would have come down later in the day. It wouldn't have come down when it did. What did I say? Seven, sometime around then? It would have happened at eight. It just happens that way because we do the show in the middle of the day. So what are the odds? It's, something's either yeah. going to happen before we start the show or after we start the show. If I had that superpower, I would look at the stock market or something. Uh, I'm not that clever. I'm just not. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how the uh, third act of trading places worked. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so let's see. Violent threats. What do you think, Mike? Are we going to see any uh, any well, sort I mean, Keith of Oberman insurrectionist kind of tweeted a picture of the yeah. outside the courthouse. There, there were there were like six people there. Y yes, <laughs> I did. I saw uh, Muggsy Robert Costa posted a picture too, and there was like one guy with an American flag cape 
and he had a, a, a pike with a, a pig's head stuck through it. Yeah. And then yesterday. I, you know what? I think, I th- now that you think, uh, just sitting here, it just occurs to me yeah. that I think that MAGA world, uh, I think they really just don't know how it works anymore. Yeah. No, no. After January 6th. I, you know, I, I, I don't think they really know what to do. No, they don't. And I think a lot of the potential violence would have come from people who are in prison currently for January 6th. So, or, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I fully I don't I expect before this day is over that not less than one anyway, uh, power substation will be uh, taken out by by someone with a 30 out six. Interesting. You know, yeah, I mean, I would I would not be surprised. So that, that's the kind of thing you'll see. Stuff you can do in a cowardly way. Yeah, yeah. You know, not something where you go on TV and break the law and go to jail. Well, it's not so much about what will happen. Obviously, that's a major concern. But, I mean, absent of actual violence, the thing that concerns me is the fact that Republican leadership right now is so small L liberal about making sure that they're getting the word out, at least trying to coax people into some level of violence. For example, Carrie Lake was one of the most egregious offenders when it came to this. She said the other day, if you want to get to Trump, you're going to have to go through me. (laughs) Such ridiculous posturing. It's so delusional. And she said, and 75 million Americans just like me. Yes, those 75 million Americans turned out to be two. Outside yeah. uh, the courthouse, yeah, that's like like last night. Uh, Rachel's opening segment was uh, Agnew giving a speech about how the prosecutors were unfair and they were going after him, and he was going to stand up to him. He wasn't going to resign and all this, and and uh, and the crowd just was, you know, they were eating it all up, and yeah. he was gone twelve days later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that's a great story. I just, you know what, I love that when guys are talking a big game. And then everything just fizzles out. <laughs> their, their big splash turns out to be just a ripple in a pool. Uh, so Carrie Lake continued by saying, and most of us are card-carrying members of the NRA. Ooh. Yeah. That's not a threat. That's a public service announcement. No, that's a threat. <laughs> that's right. a threat. That, you know what? The word is getting out, Mike. I don't think people want to go to prison for Donald Trump anymore. I think there are a few holdouts, obviously, who will. I, I was, And part of what I said earlier, I think a lot of it has to do with Hillary's not on the scene. There's nobody they can hate, really, you know? Yeah. They yeah. can't really hate Biden to the degree that they hated Hillary. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean about them not really knowing what to do. There's really no where for them to focus that stuff. And they all seem to forget, speaking of Hillary— that when it comes to investigating and prosecuting your political opponent, they're deliberately forgetting the notion, forgetting the event in which Donald Trump asked Jeff Sessions to appoint a U.S. attorney to investigate Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation. That went ahead starting in 2017 and lasted through the end of 2019. They didn't wrap up until the first week or so of uh, January 2020. And that happened. There was also an investigation of the State Department into the emails and so on, and they found nothing. But that's not entirely the point. The the point is that Donald Trump absolutely investigated his top political rival at the time. He didn't know whether Hillary Clinton was going to try to run again in 2020. 
He just wanted to make good on his promise to lock her up, and that's yeah. And 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 don't forget, he wanted he uh, he insisted that Comey stop the Russia investigation too. Yep. So. Yep. That too fired James Comey, and we saw it with Joe Biden in uh, uh, twenty nineteen and twenty twenty with Donald Trump trying to get uh, Zelensky to investigate uh, Biden and, and Hunter Biden and Burisma. And all the rest. I mean, they legitimately tried to get uh, uh, Trump's top political rival in 2020 investigated as well. So these are the facts that we all are aware of, which they just conveniently forget all those things. It's just not part of their plan to acknowledge. Well, the it's, fact. it's when you're when you're standing there in front of a crowd of rabid supporters. Yeah. Uh, it's not like you can yell out, yeah, but in 2019, they, you know, like, you know, oh, I mean, yeah, this, their attention span is too short yeah, yeah. to actually bring this stuff up. That's like the indi- the arrangement, you know, the indictment. Yeah. I, f- I felt like printing it up and carrying it around with me. So if I overheard someone in a diner or something, you know, uh, <laughs> I'd ask them, well, have you read it? Uh, yeah, you know, and yeah. here's this part and this part and this. Have you, do you know anything at all about what you're talking about? Yeah. And of course they don't. That's, that's why we are where we are because, you know, I've, I've, Laura and I have been really watching. We watched uh, the White House Plumbers, as I know you did, because your yeah. former colleague was in it. <laughs> oh yes. And and then we went back and and watched um, uh, Gaslit, and then I actually watched some of the hearings, you know, from fifty years ago, because mm-hmm. I was I was just graduating uh, high school, and, and we were all tuned into that. And they, and they portray that 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 aspect of it, especially in Gaslit, how everybody was completely transfixed on this. And we had already kind of gotten a political education with Vietnam, you know, in that we we had real ramifications of not paying attention to politics because your ass might get shipped off to Vietnam. So there was a whole generation there that was acutely tuned into this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if that had been the case this time around— Trump wouldn't have made it through the first impeachment. Yeah, yeah. People are just not paying any attention. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, there are massive differences between what happened with Watergate and what we're dealing with now as far as public perception. And, and you hit a lot of good points there. And with the Red Hat Entertainment Complex has developed this bubble mentality where they've got people so skeptical and so furious at every other news source that isn't the Red Hat Entertainment Complex, that they're able to pump these people's heads with all kinds of ridiculous information. That's the advantage to having a a bubble audience, is you can tell them whatever you want to tell them, and they will believe that to be true. Or you can deliberately exclude all sorts of things. If the New York Times decided to go into the diners in the red states and so on and do that whole uh, song and dance again, uh, they would find a lot of people who've never seen the indictment and only know about the indictment based on what they've heard on a, a right-wing podcast or Fox News Channel or Newsmax or Alex Jones or whatever. And so, consequently, they're not getting the whole story here. And I believe that if they did, they would be much more shocked than than I think we would be able to forecast. My neighbors across the street are Republicans, but they don't, yeah. they don't talk about politics very much. And they're yeah. not exactly what you would call MAGA people. But they still do that thing when you say, well, what about what, what do you think about this? And they immediately will bring up. Hunter Biden's laptop or something, you know, because they've been trained by Fox News to make that your response. So even people who aren't really solid in the cult uh, have a tendency to do that. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
one of the things that they need to know, which I don't think is getting through when it comes to Fox News and the usual suspects. I mean, I, I haven't seen any indication that they're discussing this, but in the process of just laughing off this very, very serious indictment, they're missing, I think, the most damning part of the indictment, which is the list, the 31 documents that uh, they're charging Trump with Espionage Act violations over, 793, Section 793. And the documents themselves are shockingly dangerous to have just floating around outside of a skiff. And especially when we're talking about sit, having them sitting in uh, boxes in Donald Trump's gaudy bathroom or in the banquet hall or wherever in that basement, that basement with the giant, by the way, the giant industrial Xerox machine in the corner. Uh, but this part of it, I mean, I just when the indictment dropped on Thursday, I landed on page two, section three, and it said the classified documents Trump stored in his boxes included information regarding defense and weapons capabilities of both the United States and foreign countries. So basically what we can do with our arsenal. Plus, uh, United States nuclear programs, those are nuclear weapons programs, potential vulnerabilities. This is the thing that jumped off the page for me the most. Potential vulnerabilities of the United States and its allies to military attack and plans for possible retaliation in response to a foreign attack. So there are documents that Trump stole that outline where all of America's weakest points are. And, and yeah. where the, those points can be attacked by uh, a foreign military. And uh, I think I remember somebody saying, this, this does not speak well for, for the Chinese Secret Service or the Russian, um, <laughs> what are they called? What are the KGB uh, antecedent or the, uh, whatever FSB, the new KGB is? FSB. You know, uh, FSB. Oh, yeah. yeah. This does not speak well to their capabilities, yeah. that this stuff was just laying around there and they didn't take advantage of it. And that's the part where, gosh, if that would actually break that they did. Yeah, this would be a completely different story, I think. Well, that may be something that comes out in the trial. There are things that will come yeah. out in this trial that we don't know about yet. New revelations, new testimony, new evidence. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of documents that Donald Trump stole, but they're only charging for 31 of the documents. And these are the most serious of the serious documents. There may be additional details that emerge, like... Why? Why did he keep these documents? Is there any yeah. information along those lines, any testimony, any evidence in terms of what he did with these documents? There's a, uh, a great piece in Just Security uh, that came out uh, over the weekend. It merits mention that there is nothing in the indictment or otherwise indicating that the U.S. government is now sure it has recovered all of the classified information. Trump may have retained more documents when he left the White House. We do not know whether he has additional documents or materials that he might have brought with him or lost control of them. Think, for example, of the recent reports that Trump's lawyers cannot find the Iran attack plan document that we now know from the indictment's recounting of a recording previously reported exchange about the uh, document among Trump and various aides and book writers that both Trump and the government consider a classified document, right? For national security officials, knowing that we don't know whether there are more classified documents or more instances of disclosing known documents is a remaining serious concern. 
So there's more shit floating around out there. And mm. obviously, uh, Donald Trump has either lost them, hidden them, given them away, sold them. I mean, there are myriad possibilities. I mean, where, where do you my, land my on friend, the selling aspect of things? My, my friend, uh, Diane, who runs the uh, local Democratic Party uh, on her Facebook page the other day, uh, said, I still want to know what's in Ivana's casket, you know, <laughs> and... and um, I said, man, you just giving me the idea for the hot new Christmas uh, board game this year. You know, what's what's in Ivana's casket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's entirely possible there are documents in there. What a strange thing. I mean, on one hand, I think, well, you know what? That's just a weird thing that Donald Trump does. It is a weird thing. Yeah. Be- because he's miserly. He's like Ebenezer Scrooge. He doesn't want to pay for an actual funeral plot or something like that. He doesn't want to pay for a cemetery plot. or So, well, we've got plenty of grass out there. Just stick her on the <laughs> ninth green. It's just like, uh, but you know, that's that's another thing about this is that I guess I guess Mar-a-Lago is where you're going to keep and Bedminster is where you're going to keep this stuff. But you know, if he was and 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 that speaks to I think he he literally wanted to just show them off to people. Yeah, you know, it's not like he wanted to squirrel them away somewhere in New York or someplace where nobody knows where they are. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're right there where where everybody knows where they are. That's what's so stupid about this. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just incredible. Uh, it, and it, when you talk about reasons, I wonder if there's anything beyond that. You know, I yeah. mean, we've talked a lot about maybe he was going to sell this stuff, you know, or maybe he was using, going to use it to blackmail people or to embarrass people like he supposedly was going to do with Millie, mm-hmm. with Miley. I think this comes down to mine, 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 mine. This comes yeah. down to I'm too much of an alpha to admit any sort of weakness. So when those nerdy librarians at the National Archives demanded these documents back, well, they're probably radical left Democrats, first of all. And second of all, I, it goes against my brand to acquiesce to anyone, to capitulate to requests for things that I believe are mine in the first place. So this has to do with Donald Trump's weird, not only his toxic positivity, but also his gigantic ego and his fear of looking weak. Bear in mind that this guy's entire brand is built around the idea of not looking weak. I mean, we know that his brand is partly connected to his stupid hair and his ridiculous suits and his little, the the same catchphrases that he says all the time. It's also about not appearing weak when confronted by anyone who he perceives as an enemy. So they start demanding, especially when it comes down to the Joe Biden Justice Department, which is how Donald Trump would perceive all of that, not realizing necessarily that the Justice Department is an independent entity apart from the politics of the White House. So he's thinking, oh, well, it's Joe Biden's Justice Department. I can't capitulate to those people. I'm going to keep these goddamn things. You're never going to get them from me. And so that's why we see in this indictment, and this is one of the, the most hilarious and awful parts of the indictment, where he's doing like hand gestures. Oh, yeah, you know what, by the way, just pluck... Pluck those documents out of there, you know, before anyone sees. Where it's, they like can, an, it's like an 80s arcade game. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think of one of those Benny Hill sketches where they're being, where Benny Hill's got his pants around his ankles and he's yeah. running, he's coming out one door and into another door and then he pops out another door down the hallway and then the cops run through the previous doors and you expect to hear yakety sax playing as yeah. Walt Nauta and Donald <laughs> Trump run around Mar-a-Lago moving documents everywhere. 
And then, it's funny. Yeah. I, I mentioned Diane down here. She also posted today that uh, they have a pride display out in front of the uh, the headquarters. Is just a, where, where an old like the old jewelry store was or something on Main Street. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then a couple of a couple of uh, just like one or two stores down. There's the Republican headquarters. Mm-hmm. And someone went by today and looked at the pride thing, and and I mean they mocked it, right? Yeah, sure. Um, and. Um, I said, you know, do, is the Republican headquarters have a little diorama with uh, top secret documents in the in the bathroom? <laughs> that <would> be, <laughs> that's what they need, you know. That's their brand, you know. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I mean, there's another aspect to this that I just get a kick out of, which is anytime you get to see inside Mar-a-Lago, it just makes me laugh and laugh and laugh. You know what it looks like inside Mar-a-Lago? Oh, yeah. If Trump Tower sharded all over the walls inside yeah. Mar-a-Lago, that's what I, yeah, the inside once, looks like. Yeah. I once posted that picture of uh, Trump's apartment at Trump Tower <laughs> with all the gold everywhere, you know. Yeah. And I said, it's hard to look at this and not really think that maybe he does have the ability to declassify anything. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that was that was one of those I got a uh, yeah. chef's kiss from Mary Trump. And so that made <laughs> that, you know. Yeah, it's like that great <laughs> SNL sketch from years ago. I know uh, Peter Strzok posted it. I included a little clip in my uh, video today. It's of uh, it's Fred Armisen and Rachel Dratch doing that fake commercial for the Chandelier store. And, okay. and, and, and Fred Armisen <laughs> says, nothing says I'm loaded like a chandelier. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like the tackiest rich person thing you well, could possibly it's, uh, buy. It's Steve Martin's place in The Jerk. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's Steve Martin's idea of what a fancy interior design looks like. <laughs> a chandelier in the goddamn bathroom. Nothing With a says camel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nothing says classy like a chandelier in the bathroom, or for that matter, a chandelier anywhere, but a chandelier in the bathroom. I know uh, Jen Kirkman and Stephanie Miller were talking about this on the show yesterday, where they were saying, "Can you imagine the particulate matter from the toilet flushing all embedded in the glass parts of that <laughs> chandelier? All that bacteria." Like, oh man! My God, I can I can just absolutely see Donald Trump walking into that bathroom and going, well, you know, and, you know what this bathroom and, needs and, to class it up. You put a chandelier in here; it's it's classy. Yeah, and, it's, and, uh, and using the, is the Israeli nuclear program as toilet paper. <laughs> So many great photoshops. There was a video that was going around. Someone took the, the ending. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah, where they're sticking the Ark in that warehouse, that government warehouse with the millions and millions of boxes. And then it turns out to be the interior of Trump's bathroom. Yeah, for that God's was sake. that was inspired. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there's obviously lots more to talk about on this front. We've got many more details to discuss here about Trump's indictment, his first federal indictment. We say first with intention because there will most likely be a second set of federal indictments based around January 6th. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, more to come from Fonnie Willis. So it's like uh, we're only halfway through opening our presents on Christmas morning. Oh, so there needs yeah. to be a separate candle for each one of the indictments. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so if you're pissed off at cable news and some of the coverage you're watching right now, example, when Jake Tapper said Donald Trump's motorcade looks presidential, well, here's an outstanding way to support independent media instead, specifically this podcast. For just five bucks a month, you can support our Patreon page as we guide you through the madness and chaos of our politics. But it's not just about supporting shows 
like this one. You're also going to get bonus content as a reward for your monthly support. We're giving back. We're giving you stuff in exchange for your support. We're talking about exclusive access to our Shadow Docket show recorded after the end credits on our Tuesday and Thursday podcasts. You're also going to get access to the Patreon app where you can download the free show and our bonus content. Plus, you can join the discussion with our community of Patreon members in the comments under each episode. All that for $5 a month, just pennies per show. So don't miss out. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it. Send it to all your friends. And we thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska! the dude's credence yep this is the great bob malone covering uh ccr bad moon rising did you get that could you tell that it was that song i love bob malone so go to uh bobseska.com find this episode dated 6 13 23 click on that link scroll on down and you'll find the links to all of the independent recording artists we feature on the show Get them into your recording collection now, your record collection. Digital or otherwise, right? Okay, bobseska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. Thank you for doing that. Okay, so... There's a bathroom on the right. <laughs> it's exactly... With, already... with secret documents in it. <laughs> <laughs> See? There's no off position in the genius switch for you. You've always, right. <laughs> always got always writing a new song parody. Is, are you serious that you're going to do that one now? Are you? Um... She hadn't thought about it, but you know, why not? See, I, I hesitated to ask you because I, I know- have a couple of ideas, but I don't want to say I'm here because someone will do them, you know. Okay, and, right, right. And Randy Rainbow will do it and get eight million hits. And, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sitting over here with my 1,000, like, okay, whatever. So, Judge Eileen Cannon is back. We got to mention this uh, because the is Aileen? Have, is it Aileen? Eileen? I don't know. I think it's Aileen, yeah. I'm just going with Judge Cannon uh, if you're nasty. And but so, we could do "Come on, Eileen" for that. That's I, mean, I don't, you know, 
That's also true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get on that one, too. And, and hey, really? Yeah. God, what am I thinking? You know, oh, man. I'm just treading lightly with this, oh, Mike, because oh, I know how you oh, love to take requests. So. I'll quit my day job because I've got so much to do now. <laughs> well, speaking of more, Mike, let's do this. <laughs> next for On your way to go sing, sing. They don't have chicken wings. The big house is calling you. It's worse than Watergate and gate and gate. Hard time for that Trump and friends. This is where your White House ends. It's been a revolving door. No time for your dumb space force. No time for your paid off Hard time next for you. Hard time next for you. Hard time. Hard time. Hard time. Hard time. You should do, 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 I thought I may have heard uh, Marion Ann Arbor in there. Oh, no. Okay. No, I'm starting she, to hear things. You know, the, the thing is, if, if, if I, a lot of times I'll ask her to do backgrounds, and then, I, then by the time she gets them done, I'm like, no, we, we got it covered. It's all right. So, you know, so what so. you're doing today, Mike, is you're making friends on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that happens. You know, I, yeah. I try to avoid asking people to help me if I don't really need it. Yeah, yeah. Because it, yeah. it, it takes time, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it's got to be a pain in the ass to be recording remotely and thing and, and hooking up that way. Uh, there's a real challenge in being geographically yeah, I mean, that's why separated. That's Mary is the best her. because yeah. she, uh, almost anybody else I use, I'll have to coach them through it and kind of explain what we're doing and yeah. everything. And, and with her, it's like, nope, got it. And then an hour later, I got yeah. it. You know, so it's yeah, like. Perfect. Yeah. She's lens crafters for background vocals. Yeah, she is the best. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So what and, do you, and lead vocals. So what do you think? Is Eileen Cannon, Aileen Cannon, Judge Cannon, is she going to monkey around with this? Is she going to grant everything that Trump's well, question, would be legal I, to I think the, I think she'll do whatever she can get away with. Yeah. The yeah. question is whether or not the you know the Tenth Circuit or whoever it is that's above her. Eleventh, yeah, slam I think her it's 11th down. circuit, yeah, yeah, eleventh, yeah, we'll we'll slam her down like they did before, yeah. And I got I got to think that will be, but as so many people have said, it doesn't matter because the idea is to delay this as much as you possibly can. Well, and when, I'm I'm having a trouble understanding how this becomes a speedy trial. Yeah, you know, it just it's so big and so complicated. Uh, I don't I don't see how it it goes to trial before the election. Well, even with the best intentions, Donald Trump is going to stall and delay and delay and delay because what he's seeing now is the White House as being his get-out-of-jail-free card, which he's always viewed it that way. I mean, his intention with running and announcing initially uh, back in the fall, it's all with that in mind. It's all with the potential of, well, if I'm elected again, self-pardon time. That's how I get out of this. And, And I can't believe that we're sitting here in the 21st century and debating whether or not one of the two major political parties will run someone who's under 31 federal indictments. You yeah. know, uh, they, that, just think of all the things that have sunk campaigns in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, a picture of a woman sitting on your lap on a boat. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's come to this. And even then, you still have 
you know, a reasonable percentage of people going, ah, it's nothing. It's a big nothing burger. There's nothing to see here. It's all the witch hunt. And and that's the toxic nature of how far off the rails the Republican Party is. You know, if I could speak to these people, and yeah. I don't try to speak to these people because it's pointless, but I would say, why? Why are why is this guy so important? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, why can't you just get rid of him and go to the next person? You know, I, they'll, they'll they'll do all the crap you want to do. You know? Yeah, I just can't believe, in addition to all of that, the sheer number of people who are willing to go to prison for him, much less defend him on social media or whatever. I mean, these yeah. people are just so willing to go to the mat for a guy who would very easily throw them under all the buses if he needed to, including his children. He would do that with his kids. He would absolutely betray I, his I, kids I, I to escape legal I think jeopardy. it really is because the, it's been so baked into their national dialogue yeah. that Democrats are socialist Marxists who uh, want to turn all your kids trans. Right. Uh, that the, 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 they, you know, they, they look at that as such a big threat that they'll do anything. Yeah, and then the good fortune converse to all of that. The good fortune of Donald Trump just landing on Aileen Cannon. It's like an awful twist in a Better Call Saul episode. Oh, she's back on the bench. Oh, my God. How did this happen? We dealt with this person at the beginning of this whole debacle where with the special master and that cockamamie decision that she made uh, regarding yeah. all of that. And she got mortified you know, the by is, the 11th if Trump, if Trump actually were represented by Saul Goodman, he would get him off because that's how good Saul Goodman was. <laughs> that's actually <laughs> quite true. But, I yeah. mean, in terms of this judge popping up again, I mean, what are the goddamn odds that this person who, you know, I, I, I say all this, but at the same time, there is, and I mentioned this on Friday's After Party, there is a teeny tiny uh, sliver of... Upside, maybe, to Judge Cannon, and that is it kind of blunts the notion that everyone is against him. That everyone yeah, is, yeah, it, is, it helps, it helps uh, defeat the deep state is out to get him thing. Like the evidence is all planted and everything. Well, if the evidence is planted, then this judge is planted. Yeah, exactly know? right. You're not going to see Donald Trump necessarily saying, uh, Judge Cannon, her uh, husband or whatever, donated five dollars to yeah, Jimmy yeah. Carter in 1979. You're not going to see any of that. Big Trump hater, he hates Trump. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> In that regard, there is a, a dulling of the political attack, although I don't think the Republicans even care. They're just going to keep going there. It doesn't matter whether Judge Cannon is uh, on the bench for but this I, case but or I see not. The, the reason I bring that thing up about dumping him, they would. They would in a second yeah, if they could yeah. find somebody else. If they could just find somebody else who has his charisma and power to get people to do stupid things, yeah. um, they would definitely dump him in a minute. But they recognize they don't have anybody. And that's the sad thing about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, overall, Trump world is absolutely freaked out by this, at least privately, uh, irrespective of what Donald Trump is saying publicly in the big game he's talking. All his people. And what's funny him, about that yeah. is these are people that 10 years ago said that Mitt Romney absolutely had to be president. <laughs> that's right. And by the way, Mitt Romney stepping out and condemning Donald Trump and all of this. He said, Mr. Trump brought these charges upon himself. In other words, what Mitt Romney is saying when he says that is, Trump always makes things worse for Trump. And uh, it's nice to see Mitt Romney kind of doing a version of my thing. Uh, but he yeah. said here, 
Mr. Trump brought these charges upon himself by not only taking classified documents, but by refusing to simply return them when given numerous opportunities to do so. See, that's the thing. He's he had the chance to get rid of all of this. And instead, he made things worse for himself. Doy. That's a gigantic doy for that one. But Mitt Romney, notwithstanding, Mike, Trump world is absolutely freaked out by this. The charges, the indictment details, at least in terms of private thinking, are a lot worse than they thought they would be. In fact, uh, I'm thinking back to Watergate, too, because there was a Watergate trial for the burglars, and they tried to get them all to rat on each other, and nobody would until finally one of them did. And then there was the Senate hearings, and it really didn't start to fall apart until the Senate hearings. And I think we're kind of lucky that it's not like that now. Yeah. That this is this has nothing to do with something with a hearing by some party that holds control of the Senate, uh, but by it being, uh, you know, in a, a court of law, it mm-hmm. it's it's it it has to be proceeded with as a court. You know, as as a court case, yeah, where you can't, you know, throw all this crap out and bamboozle stuff, people with you know idiotic arguments that that aren't like you say things that are in social media, all right, but won't won't stand up in a court of law. Yeah, yeah, and so w- and I think we're kind of fortunate in that regard this time. Yeah, and I think you would agree as far as watching the White House plumbers, how much overlap there is between the people who are surrounding Donald Trump and the nincompoops who surrounded Richard Nixon during Watergate. And- and I, I love the fact that in the White House plumbers, they don't frame these guys as sinister uh, mustache twirling villains, that they're a lot sillier and a lot more incompetent than history has remembered them. And I, I think that's a positive thing. I think that's also an accurate thing, um, yeah. at least based on what I know about Gordon Liddy from working across a giant plate glass window from him. He talks a big game. And when it comes to executing that big game, he's all thumbs. I mean, he's just uh, <laughs> everything falls apart, as evidenced by the fact that it took them yeah. four tries to get into the Democratic National Committee headquarters. Yeah. And on the fourth try, they ended up taking down the entire Richard Nixon administration. So, well, you know, when good I, when job. I was in, <laughs> when I was in college, I went to see Jack Anderson speak. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and he talked about how G. Gordon Liddy was going to lace his steering wheel with LSD. <laughs> that's right. And, and I remember thinking at the time, uh, boy, that's kind of an outrageous claim. You know? And then, <laughs> sure enough, you know, it turned out to be true. You know? Absolutely. That's absolutely something he would do. And and notice that it didn't work. It didn't. Jack Anderson didn't. He did. Liddy never assassinated Jack Anderson. And as far as we know, nothing happened, nothing negative happened to Jack Anderson as a result of there being LSD on his steering wheel. He did start buying a lot more Grateful Dead albums, but other than that, it was... uh... (laughs) So, uh, regarding Donald Trump's plumbers, so to speak, this Washington Post story today I thought was uh, intriguing. They're... As I said before, they're concerned over the detail in the indictment. This is not like the Alvin Bragg indictment. This is a lot more serious. That's the word from the inside. But this particular paragraph I thought was interesting. It describes Donald Trump on Thursday absorbing this information. It says here, on the patio, I guess is the patio at Bedminster, he put on a playlist of favored classics, Elvis, Luciano Pavarotti, took calls from his most loyal allies and chatted with lawyers, the televangelist Paula White Kane, 
And those of us who are Journey fans are going to throw up in our mouths when I say this. And her husband, Jonathan Kane, the former keyboardist of the rock band Journey, according to people familiar with the events. By Friday morning, he was on the golf course before the indictment was unsealed, advisor said. So that's been a thing for a while now that Donald Trump's religious advisor is Jonathan Kane's wife. And that makes me second guess <laughs> some of those Journey classics, which Who's were... Who's crying now? Yeah, some of the great Journey <laughs> songs were at least written or co-written by Jonathan Kane. I mean, the big pop songs. And so now to learn that he's in league with Donald Trump is just so disappointing. But uh, not surprising. I've known about this for a while uh, with Paul like Eric Kane. Carmen yeah. is a big MAGA guy. The, the oh, yeah, guy that yeah, was, yeah. You know, Oh, this is all on down the line. Jeez, oh man. Because you hear that, my first reaction is like, okay, this person who I listen to all of their records over and over again in that room uh, is a moron. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Well, I think it's so funny that Donald Trump's calling up Jonathan Cain and saying, what should I do? What do you think? (laughs) Oh my God. So what what does Jonathan Cain say? Does he start reciting lyrics to open arms or something like that? I don't know. (laughs) But the indictment, it says here with the Washington Post, the indictment unsealed Friday rattled some of his advisors who were not aware of the granular evidence obtained by the Justice Department, according to people familiar with the matter. Two people said the evidence was more damning than they expected and could have been avoided if Trump would have just listened to his lawyers and advisors. Yeah, you think, yeah. well, he's not going to do that. So why even bother imagining well, that? Because he's a fucking yeah. toddler, and that's the thing. Uh, exactly. This, that's the other thing about these people. I don't I don't understand how they can't see what a ridiculous small person this guy is. Yeah. How? Uh, I don't, never mind. Yeah. This well, is, this, you know, there's no point in going over that again. Well, <laughs> this next part, I think, is a, a pretty salient observation. One advisor predicted a ton of money, quote unquote, would be raised for Trump from the prospect of federal prosecutors seeking to potentially imprison him for decades. And that's the whole point behind Donald Trump's public reaction to all of this. Donald Trump's public support, Donald Trump's uh, voter support has reached a ceiling. And in fact, I think that ceiling is getting lower and lower and lower as time rolls on. And so he's not going to gain any more voters out of this. I don't think. I think all the people who are going to vote for Donald Trump have already decided they're going to vote for Donald Trump. It's not like people are on the fence. Gee, what what about this guy? Maybe we should give him a shot in the White House to see what he's like. No, they already know. I just realized what his his scam is. He reaches out to these people for his legal fees, right? And he raises millions of dollars for that. And then on the other hand, nobody will represent him. So he gets a court-appointed lawyer and he doesn't have to pay for the legal fees and he gets to keep all those millions. That's what the plan was yeah. all along. Exactly right. He doesn't care. I mean, I, I think he does care whether he becomes president because he needs to. The only way he avoids federal prison is by becoming president or in the off chance as a second hope, some other Republican becomes president in his yeah. place. So either he's got, way. He's got a, I think he's got a better shot that way. Yeah, I think he's got a Yeah, absolutely. Because a self-pardon has never been done before and that would maybe run into some legal challenges. Who knows? But I I hope we don't get to that eventuality. I think if it ends up being Ron DeSantis, and I don't think it will be, but if it does, then Ron DeSantis will absolutely pardon Donald Trump. But that doesn't mean he'll get out of uh, the New York City charges or the Fulton County, the would-be Fulton County charges. And by the way, along the lines of Georgia, just to mention, 
uh, out of uh, good measure here. The governor of Georgia cannot pardon anyone for crimes. I think there is a law preventing the governor from being able to do that. Or oh, the, really? Hey, there is no oh, process for that. My, yeah. my, there's somebody at the door. My dog is going nuts. Sorry. Okay, do you need to answer the door? <laughs> no. It's okay. Uh, okay. So I got to say, it's a shocking thing, but I agree with Bill Barr. Uh, it's weird to say that, but Bill Barr's been all over the television news media. Yeah. Saying that basically Donald Trump's goose is cooked. Here he is on the Today Show. This is Friday morning. Based on the facts, as the facts come out, I think over time people will see that this is not a case of the Department of Justice, you know, conducting a witch hunt. In fact, they approach this very delicately and with deference to the president. And this would have gone nowhere had the president just returned the documents. But he jerked them around for a year and a half. And the question is, did he deceive them? And if there's evidence of that, uh, I think people will start to see that this says more about Trump than it does the Department of Justice. And that is that uh, he's so egotistical that he has this penchant for for conducting, you know, risky, reckless acts to show that he can sort of get away with it. It's part of asserting his his Mm -hmm. his ego. And he's done this repeatedly at the expense of all the people who depend on him well, to conduct the public's business in an honorable way. And, you know, we saw that with both impeachments. And there's no excuse for what he did here. Yeah, wow. Studio audience applauding for Bill Barr. Yeah. Strange that that happens. But, you know, just you know, to, It's funny, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned his outs, his way of, you know, pardons and all that other stuff. Yeah. This, yesterday I was thinking... Is he ever going to just die? You know, I mean, has he? So you know, I started googling if I could find pictures of him with Dick Clark. You know, like yeah. maybe there's some, or him with Keith Richards. <laughs> like, is there, is there something he's picked up on where he's just never going to die? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's amazing uh, that given his health, his condition right now that he's able to keep going and going and going. I was watching, um, there was a clip going around of him talking in, in various forums, talking about how terrible it is to have uh, national security secrets just out there. He was in, talking in context of uh, Hillary's emails. And one of the clips came from his initial announcement speech in 2015 after the escalator. And he seems so breathless and so zotzed out on whatever uppers that he's taking. Take your pick. Uh, there's a variety of theories out there. It's very obvious, especially when you compare it to how he talks now versus yeah. how he was talking when he was all tanked up on that stuff. And it's amazing that he didn't drop dead from that because it, his heart rate has to be through the roof when he's taking those things, unless he has yeah. some other concoction that he uses to lower his heart rate while he's all uh, frantic from whatever uppers he's taken. So I don't know what kind of cocktail of drugs he's taken, but he's certainly taken something. Or at least was. Uh, whatever whatever yeah. Kissinger's taken. That's when he- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. How the fuck is Kissinger still alive? And how did Pat Robertson make it to 93 years old? Mike, I thought Pat Robertson was 93 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said, uh, I think it was Paul of Houndstone, said I was celebrating Kissinger's centennial by carpet bombing my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the Republican freakout continues. We're going to talk about that and a few remaining things here on our big Tuesday show with Rocky Mountain Mike sitting in for Buzz Burbank. Back with more podcasts right after these words. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. 
Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Incoming transmission. Politics. Not good at politics. Surely there are others who are better suited. Trek Politics with Mary L. Trump and Bob Seska. Previously. I love getting to the end of a Star Trek episode. doesn't matter which series. The ones that make you feel really good with uh-huh. the conclusion. The denouement comes along and suddenly we're like, oh my God, I, I want to rewind and, and pump that into my veins one more time. We should start a show that's just about this kind of stuff. If you're going to do a show about Star Trek, Mary... I'm so there. I'll I'll change my schedule no, if it. I need to. Let's, yeah. Let's let's talk offline as the cool kids say. Yeah, 100%. Well, you got it. I think we've got something going here. <laughs> and it's worry. an excuse to watch more Star Trek. Come on. Win-win. Exactly. It's Trek Politics with Mary L. Trump and me, Bob Seska. Discussions about the socio-political and cultural themes and allegories from the Star Trek universe, along with interviews with Star Trek actors, crew, and famous fans. Coming June 2023 to your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe for free and tell your friends at Trek Politics on Twitter, at Trek Politics on Instagram. Bob Seska. Down, can we finally be found in each other's arms above the ground? Yeah, you know who this is. This is the great war and treaty and a song called Yearning. Link in the description under this episode at bobseska.com. You know the drill. Find this episode 61323. Yeah, and uh, click on that link and get downloading, huh? Support all these independent recording artists because they deserve it, especially the Warren Treaty, one of our favorites here on the show. Okay, so uh, obviously we're seeing all the excuse making coming from the usual suspects. Josh Hawley, for example, said if the president in power can jail his political opponents, which is what Joe Biden is trying to do tonight, we don't have a republic anymore. We don't have the rule of law or the Constitution. So basically what they're saying is, and this, uh, it all boils down to this, Mike, 
if you commit a crime or you're deciding to commit a crime and you're headed in that direction and, uh, and you actually then commit that crime, the way you escape accountability is by running for president. You either run for president or you hold some sort of position that is the opposite of the current president. So this way you can scream, oh, my God, I'm being persecuted. That's the get out of jail free card, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to be the head of, uh, you know, um, of Exxon or something. You can be the richest, most powerful person. But, uh, you know, if you're not running for president, you're going to still probably be indicted. But, yeah, this is that's a really good point. And it's really... uh, Unfortunate that we have to actually test all this, you know. Yeah. Donald Trump himself tweeted along these or trothed along these lines on Troth Central. And he said something to the effect of, well, the cork is out of the bottle or whatever. Uh, If I become president, I'm going to indict Joe Biden and his criminal family. That's going to be the uh, comeuppance. That's going to be the retribution, as he likes to say. I'm the retribution. And so the die is already cast. I mean, this is already going to happen. They're, Republicans, they love the, uh, the vengeance prosecution. They love the, uh, you know, taking something that Democrats were saying about a Republican and then reversing that, the I know you are, but what am I, gambit. And that's yeah. what they're going to do. I, I think so now. It's, it's people that watched uh, The Running Man and uh, Hunger Games and thought, <laughs> you know, this is the direction we need to go. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's all at once silly that they just want to engage in frivolous prosecutions without any actual evidence. But at the same time, it's also not a bad thing, ultimately, that now we've opened this door where ex-presidents can be criminally prosecuted. I think it's one of those things that we've had in the United States, one of those traditions that hasn't really functioned as well as it should. And I don't see anything negative about there being some sort of future investigation of a Democratic ex-president. If they can find the wrongdoing, if they can find evidence showing that laws were broken, well, fine. It it further embosses the notion of, uh, of the United States being a nation of laws. And there's nothing wrong with that, ultimately. I mean, it can be abused, and it will be abused. But ultimately, it's got to come down to a court of law and they've got to make sure that they've got the case down. And for example, this investigation of Joe Biden in the House of Representatives, where they're claiming to have all kinds of evidence of wrongdoing, also turns out to be 100% bullshit. Uh, in fact, Fox News was fact-checked by a Fox News guest about this alleged $5 million bribe. Like, they seem to have some sort of evidence, <laughs> at least they're claiming to have evidence, that Joe Biden took a $5 million bribe, I guess, from Burisma or someone else. But one of Fox News's guests actually debunked this right there on their air, which is kind of a thing we've been seeing more and more often these days. Fox News hosts teased an FBI document that showed President Joe Biden was paid $5 million, then reported after the break that Fox News reporting says the document didn't say that. <laughs> At issue yeah. is a form. Well, content- yeah. You know, and the thing about it is, is that you'd have to say, OK, is Joe Biden, is he able to keep everyone under the Justice Department from, you know, potentially uh, investigating him? Uh, yeah. You know, which I guess they would say, yeah, he's, yeah, that's part of the deal. But, you know, what I mean, it's like uh, there's only so much that a president can control. Right. 
And if there was something, if there was some sort of shady dealing, we would have heard about it from, you know, somebody who wasn't uh, a YouTube commenter. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> or something. Right, right. Well, I think what we're seeing here, though, is a lot of uh, like posturing of wrongdoing. A, a lot of. It's like uh, just getting Zelensky to announce an investigation of Burisma, and then Donald Trump was yeah. going to take care of the rest. All they needed is the sort of the patina of wrongdoing, the patina of a crime being committed, and then they can just run with that. There doesn't need to be actual evidence of that. In, in this particular case, with this $5 million payment, at issue is a form containing secondhand allegations relayed by a confidential FBI source. In other words, non-existent. That had already been checked out during then-President Donald Trump's tenure in the White House. It became the subject of an ostentatious contempt threat when the FBI refused to release it on the grounds it would compromise sources. So Thursday, Fox News congressional correspondent Chad Pegram contradicted claims from Republican lawmakers who were permitted to view the form under secure conditions. And other Fox News reporting saying a source familiar with the document tells Fox, quote, the document does not say Joe Biden received any payments. Still, the GOP is going for the jugular. And they're going for the jugular using, I don't know, cream pies and seltzer water. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're going for the jugular with their big red floppy shoes, it seems like. Because this is just absolute nonsense. Again, all they're saying is, hey, look, there's a document. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. FBI document. They don't want to hand it to us. Why? Deep state. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's the idea of wrongdoing rather than actual evidence uh, showing that there's any wrongdoing. Yeah, <laughs> and the problem with we talking about, like, when Trump finally, uh, yeah. you know, sheds his mortal coil, yeah. um, this crap will live on. Mm -hmm. they're, they're learning, you know. Oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to wrap up with this bit of news. The House Ethics Committee is investigating Matt Gates. That's happening. The Republican-controlled, I should say, the Republican-controlled House Eth Ethics Committee is looking into Matt Gates, and it's over the same shit. It's the same thing that, uh, you know, has to do with the uh, with his his buddy, whose name I'm forgetting and uh, sex trafficking and all the rest of it. So Silverberg or silver something, silver gold, something. Else. Yeah, damn it. I can't remember that name. <laughs> Too many other names pushing the old names out. House Ethics Committee has quietly reopened a probe into Matt Gates. Punchbowl News reports citing sources familiar with the investigation, the outlet. Uh, reports that the committee's investigators have begun re-examining... Joel Greenberg. Uh, Joel Greenberg, thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> re-examining allegations surrounding the controversial lawmaker months after it deferred an investigation into 41-year-old Gates following a request from the Department of Justice, which was conducting its own investigation. Ultimately, after a grand jury investigated whether Florida Republican had a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old girl... Barf and paid her to travel with him. Investigators recommended not moving forward with trafficking charges against the lawmaker. According to Punchbowl, the Ethics Committee is now re-examining those allegations, but hasn't yet well, decided. Because they've, they've yeah. had graduation since then. Wow. But meantime, uh, the committee first announced that it had begun an investigation into Gates in April 2021, saying in a statement, the committee is aware of public allegations that Representative Matt Gates may have engaged in sexual misconduct and or illicit drug use. So, you know what I was thinking when I saw this news, Mike? I was thinking, hey, that Kevin McCarthy, man. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy's pissed off about oh, that yeah, speaker vote. Remember that? 
Yeah. Remember Matt Gates? So was, either either the gloves have come off or the braces have come off. <laughs> That's exactly right. I think <laughs> I think Kevin McCarthy's name is all over this investigation. I think mm. he said, "Hey, you know what? Oh, that yeah, guy screwed up. me. Yeah. He screwed yeah. me hard and embarrassed me on national television. Embarrassed me on the national stage. My first time out." As that the would-be be, speaker of the house, that would be so cool to watch. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that uh, Netflix picks this up or something. <laughs> I mean, how else do you rationalize or justify Republicans investigating Republicans? I mean, this Republican Party, this House of Representatives, investigating one of their standard bearers. I mean, the main guy in the clown car caucus. That's an astonishing yeah. thing. So there's got to be something else going on behind the scenes that maybe we don't know about. This just can't be the House Ethics Committee going, hey, you know what? We don't have anything else to do. So let's Yeah, just- yeah. <laughs> let's inflict some more self-damage. How about that? Some help. Well, you know, it, it could be, it might be one of those things where they know they have to do it before it comes out otherwise. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, maybe they're getting ahead of it. I mean, that could be. But with this Republican Party, and the kind of behind-the-scenes intrigue that's happening among the leadership of the party wouldn't surprise me at all if Kevin McCarthy's like, okay, F you, you big-foreheaded son of a bitch. We're coming for you. I'm going to get my pals over in the Ethics Committee because I've already promised them something. I'm going to fast-track some yeah. of their legislation. And don't forget, it's the Democrats who are in disarray. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes, Democrats in disarray. That's why the Republicans are investigating each other. And their standard bearer, one of their main guys, or their main guy, one of their main guys, Donald Trump, is being federally arraigned today. So, Laws, uh, law and order, law and order, law and order. I'm expecting that what will happen here, as soon as we wrap up the show here in just a few seconds, that's when all the shit's going to go down in Miami. (laughs) That's when it's all going to happen, Mike. I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that's the way the universe works, as we've already established. But you should still listen to the show. Yes, please do. Yes, don't not listen to the show. I mean, we're doing the best we can, given the space-time continuum, etc. Okay, my friend, thank you so much. You're going to stick around for the Shadow Docket? Yeah, I need to get you a DeLorean or something to fix this. (laughs) Hey, I know some guys. I know some guys who restore those things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can get my hands on a DeLorean. I just need the Mr. Fusion to attach to the back. All right, we'll see you on the Shadow Dock at patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Bye-bye.